three weeks into our snapshot series. And we thought it would be neat for whoever's preaching to uh, choose whatever topic they wanted. Uh, maybe it could be a certain passage from Scripture that we think would be helpful to you. Or we could choose something maybe from our present culture and discuss it through a biblical filter. And I've chosen the latter. So I don't know if I just haven't been paying attention or what, but there seems to be a lot more voices out there vying for our attention. And so many causes that you could join. Now, if you're like me, you've been excited about one cause uh, some time in your life, whether it was a, maybe a, a tax proposal that really got you hot, or a, uh, a local political race, or animal cruelty, et cetera, et cetera. But today, my snapshot, I thought it would be a wonderful time to teach on the cause of Christ and its implications on every other cause that's out there. So why do people join causes? You know, if you're part of a cause, why did you join? Was it to, to make a difference, to be a force for good in the world? Was it because you wanted to be a part of something bigger than yourself? Maybe you wanted your, you know, your life to matter. Uh, maybe you crave community just to be around other like-minded people. Maybe as a Christian, you just saw it as a natural extension of your faith. Or maybe you just wanted to do something, and the activity gave you fulfillment. But there are millions of people in the world that for one reason or another, whatever that is, they pour a lot of time and energy into a certain cause, whether they are Christian or not. Now, in religious circles, we don't call them causes. We call them, what? Missions, yeah. Mission, it's synonymous with cause. It means the same thing, and today I'll be using them both interchangeably. If you have a cause you feel passionately about, then you're on a mission. Similarly, if you have a mission you support, then you have a cause you support. And there's a lot of causes out there. This, this week I looked at 25, and of those 25, I chose six that appeal to a large portion of the people. And they are. Abortion, animal rights, environmental, politics, race equality, and women equality. Now, all these causes matter a great deal. But I submit to you that all of them pale in comparison to the cause of Christ. Now, before I go on, I should probably define what I mean as the cause of Christ. So the mission of Christ or the cause of Christ The mission of cause or the cause of Christ is to make disciples. That's it. Okay, to turn people into Christ followers. And there is nothing more important than that. Nothing. In Romans 1, 16, Paul says that the gospel is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. And salvation is the greatest gift anyone could receive. I want everyone to experience that gift, and surely you do as well. You want people to be saved from their sins. Surely that's a cause that you could get behind, right? But in fact, it's not really an option. You're told to get behind it by none other than Jesus Christ. Matthew 28, the Great Commission, the, the disciples, the first leaders of the future church are there on top of a mountain around Galilee, and Jesus tells them this. says, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. So go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. So the great commission or the great co-mission, or the great, or for us, co-cause, if you will, is to make disciples. Now there's a lot that goes into that, isn't there? It's not just evangelism. Otherwise it would be let's make converts. But Jesus didn't say go therefore and make converts. It's much, much more involved than that. Because being converted or being saved, it's, it's instantaneous, right? It's instantaneous. When we believe, we're instantly made right with God. We hit that very hard in our Romans series, if you remember. felt like it was every week there for a little while. But we are justified by our faith. We are forgiven by faith the moment we believe. Forgiveness happens in an instant. But holiness, sanctification, takes a lifetime. And the phrase, make disciples, implies meaning for the unbeliever and for the believer. Yes, it means salvation for the heathen but it also means seeking holiness for the saint. And if you question if someone like you could become holy, let me show you Hebrews 10, 14. For by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. You, you have been made perfect, and all of you are being made holy. You are being made into a disciple of Christ, and it's the most important cause that you will ever be a part of. But the Great Commission it's not just a call to work on ourselves. We also find a call to help others. You are to help your family, your friends, your boss, your neighbor, all grow in the knowledge of the Lord. That's your cause. And if anything goes against that cause or, or sidetracks you or distracts you from that, you need to reevaluate your priorities. So now I know many Christians involved in causes, many that are here, many that go to Glendale. And there have been so many times where I just sort of, I don't know, just sort of cringe when they talk about their cause that they support. And I just sort of feel disappointed, maybe because they get so angry and fired up, way more fired up than they ever would be about making disciples. And there's so much hate that they have for people that disagree with them, and it, it kind of makes me wary of their cause. You know, like, uh, I'm good. I don't need any of that in my life. But they put so much time and energy into it. And I wonder what it would look like if they put that much time and energy into their own sanctification, you know, into their relationship with God. Because that's the cause that they should be most excited about because it's more important than any other cause out there. So when you take any of these by themselves and compare them, you see that, man, they are not as important as our main cause. Making sure that no babies are aborted is not as important as making disciples. Making sure that all animals are treated well is not as important as making disciples. Making sure the earth is taken care of is not as important as making disciples. Making sure that your political party wins is not as important as making disciples. Making sure people are treated the same regardless of their color of their skin is not as important as making disciples. And making sure women are treated the same as men is not as important as making disciples. None of these causes even compare to making disciples. Now, I said at the beginning that all of these matter, and they matter a very great deal. 
but they do not matter as much as becoming a disciple of Jesus. But I want to show you something. As people grow more Christ-like, their view of all six of these change. It's, it's very difficult for a follower of Jesus to support the unjustified killing of innocent life, even unborn life. It's difficult for someone who's growing in the knowledge of the Lord to care just as much about animals as they do about people who are made in the image of God. It, as, you wor- as, the, as your worship of the Creator grows, you realize that you can't bow at the altar of Mother Earth and pray to the universe. As you learn more about God's mission on earth, you start to care more about making disciples than you do a particular political party or movement. A disciple of Jesus realizes that all humans are made in the image of God and therefore part of one race, regardless of skin color. And a disciple of Jesus realizes that although men and women have different roles, they are both just as valuable as the other and again are made in the image of God. But let me be clear, let me be crystal clear. Becoming a follower of Jesus is not and should never be thought of as a means to the end of solving these societal problems. A means is is the method, right? It's the tool used to accomplish something else. And means are only useful insofar as they get you something else that is good. An end is the goal or the good thing that we want. And our goal should be to grow in Christ-likeness and to make disciples. That's the end. That's the most important thing because Christ-likeness and making disciples is good in itself. However, growing in Christ-likeness and making disciples does actually solve these problems because following Jesus affects every single aspect of your life. As you are taught by the Holy Spirit, As you become more Christ-like in your thinking, you tackle all of these problems in a better, more godly way. Now, let me me explain a bit about what that better way might look like. So we all have beliefs. We all believe that our beliefs are right. Uh, In fact, most of us believe this. If the world would just see it my way, all would be well. Because your way is right. Otherwise, it wouldn't be your way. You wouldn't choose a lesser way to be your way. No, you choose the right way, and your way is the right way. And once you understand that your way is the right way, you're faced with a choice. Do you talk about your way, or do you not talk about your way? And if you choose to talk about it, then how you talk about it greatly matters. So let's say you choose a cause, you start to talk about it, Uh, around your friends, your family, you don't get a whole lot of resistance, but then you spread out to your coworkers, or you spread out to social media, and uh uh-oh, you get some resistance, resistance that you weren't ready for. Now what do you do? This person doesn't believe what you believe. Worse yet, this person doesn't even care what you care about, and so how do you respond? And this is where many people start to break down. They are great at making their beliefs known, but they are terrible at defending those beliefs in a godly way. You see it all the time. Someone starts to rant about their cause or maybe post about it online, and someone fires back, and then the first person, seemingly taken off guard, begins to degrade the other person, and then it just, it just tanks, right? It just goes downhill. 
If you are willing to talk about or get online and post your beliefs, you must be prepared to give a response. And as Christians, that response must be in a godly manner. I'm going to say that again. If you are willing to talk about or post your beliefs, you must be prepared to respond in a godly manner. So instead of trying to shut down anyone that has an opposing view, instead of yelling louder or using all caps and multiple explanation points, instead of being condescending and patronizing, instead of slandering them or trying to rally people to your cause, instead of vandalizing something that they own or trying to cause them physical pain or even plotting to end their lives, instead of those things, act like a disciple of Jesus and respond in a better and more godly way because you are called to something greater. And as Christ follows, you shouldn't respond like the world does. We have a different set of rules and a conscience that's constantly being coaxed and taught by the Holy Spirit. We should act differently. In 2 Timothy, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone who agrees with them. But must be kind to everyone that they like, or votes the way that they vote. Must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Look, we should be respectful and graceful and forgiving and humble, kind patient, not easily angered. The world will tell you that slander is just righteous anger. Being angry is fine. It really is. But in your anger, you shouldn't give in to sin. And if you find yourself slandering the other side or becoming enraged to the point where you want to physically harm them, then you have a problem. And if that's you, I pray that the Holy Spirit convicts you of that sin. I pray that you realize the problem and seek out a godly answer. Since you are a Christ follower, your discourse, even your combative discourse, must be Christ-like, and it must be rooted in these attributes. So sometimes we get so involved in a certain cause that it's hard to show those attributes, though, isn't it? And when that happens, maybe it's wise to strategically step away for a time. It may be hard for you. Some of you are so into your cause that you really can't imagine being out of it. After I graduated high school, I began attending Missouri Southern in Joplin. Go Lions! I had a 40-minute commute to and from school every day, and I started out as a time, or it started out as a time to listen to music and to listen to sermons along the way. But afterward, I found something that I had never been exposed to: political talk radio. And over the next couple of years, I grew very interested in what they had to say. I began reading blogs online, visiting political websites, uh, watching the news. I was a music major, and I have very vivid memories of sitting there in my home and just running scales on my guitar for two to three hours straight while either listening to talk radio or watching the news. I became very vocal during that time and anyone, to anyone who would listen. I bought t-shirts to wear, I bought signs for our yard, and bumper stickers for our car. I even printed out few copies of my own newspaper and passed it around. This was very important to me. I was, it was almost like I was becoming a disciple of that particular political platform. And I was buying what these preachers were selling. 
And what they're selling was anger. And it took me a while to realize that. Around 07, I was ordained in the ministry at Kingsway Christian Church in Mount Vernon, Missouri. I began learning how to be a worship minister and a preacher of the gospel. And during the day, I'd plan out worship sets and uh, think through prayers and read my Bible. And then I'd uh, go home at night and watch the news. And it didn't take long for those prayers and the Bible reading to take effect and change my perception of the media that I had been allowing to speak into my life. I began to realize how angry they sounded. And then I realized how angry I was. I really couldn't even think of someone that had an opposing political view without becoming so angry. And it was at that time that I realized that I was out of control and needed to step away from politics entirely. So I turned off the radio, turned off the TV, and quit reading almost overnight. I even quit voting. I quit voting. And I completely turned away. And over time, the issues stopped mattering to me so much. And there wasn't that weight on me anymore that I had when I think about the issues. And my anger subsided, and it completely went away. I had to step away because it was damaging my walk with the Lord. I had to step away. And that may be you. You may have to step away, at least until you can talk about the issues in a, in a way that models the teachings of Jesus. If the anger is too much for you, or if you, if you find that it's starting to bubble over and spill out of your brain, or if you begin to randomly post you know, hate-filled thoughts for the world to see online, or if you begin to sully the break room at work with negative rants, these, these may be indications that you need to step away from your cause because it's beginning to damage your relationship with Christ. Now today, the tribalism of the world pushes us to hate those with whom we disagree, but as Christians, this can't be our way. That's not our way. First John 2, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. In other words, follow his example. This doesn't mean you need to go walk on water. Okay, follow his example, become a disciple, it's living as Jesus did. And in verse 9 of that chapter, it says, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there's nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister in the darkness and walks around in the darkness, they don't know where they're going because the darkness has blinded them. Anyone who claims to be a follower of Jesus but still has hate in their heart is failing at being a disciple. And I mean hate for anyone, anyone on this planet. And so obviously, that's not something you're going to be able to do on your own. Okay, at our core, we are bent towards evil. It's a huge task. We need help. And guess what? We have a helper. We have the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is inside of us. Supporting causes can bring hatred and anger into your life. You may need to step away. Look, some of you got to stop watching the news. You got to turn off the news. And that goes for CNN and for Fox. Okay, talk radio, cable news, they only want ratings and they push these extremes and they, they instill fear and paranoia. That's what they do. They're a program meant to entertain so that you'll keep watching 
And some of you become so angry watching the news that you just need to turn it off. Some of you got to get off social media because you are not handling it well. I read your posts. So does your fifth grade teacher. So does your little nephew. So does your postman. You are not handling it well, and you may need to take a break for a little while. Uh, Some of you are so involved in a cause that it's beginning to change who you are. You spend so much time watching videos about it or reading about it and talking about it that you're actually becoming a, a missionary for that cause. You see, whatever you feed grows. If you feed your negativity, it will grow. If you feed your, your addictions, they will grow. If you feed your fears, they will grow. And some of you are becoming less of a disciple for the cause of Christ and more of a disciple for another mission. And because of that, you may need to step away at least for a little while. I'm not telling you to pull away from any of these causes forever. Please understand that. But you may need to stop caring for a little while, at least until you can see straight again. But while you step away during your, your Sabbath, if you will, you will need to replace it with something holy. Otherwise, you will be right back in the same boat. You will need to feed your faith. You will need to put time into your relationship with God and let him, let him uh, heal your wounds. Let him teach you that vengeance is his and he's going to take care of it. Let him teach you how to rest and how to have peace. Let him show you where hope even comes from. And then after a time, maybe you get involved again. Or maybe you don't. A good way to tell if you're ready or not is to pray for the other person. And I don't mean, Lord, help them see it my way. Now, try this. Think, let's do this right now. Think of, the, think of the issue that gets you the most riled up. And then try to picture someone on the other side of that issue. Okay, you got a face in mind? Okay, now try praying for their marriages to be strong. Pray for them to have peace in their homes. Pray for them to be blessed. Pray for them to have a good relationship with their kids. If you can pray something like that and you don't feel that little anger tinge in your heart right there, then you're doing just fine. I've dabbled in over the past year in politics, and I've learned that it's still too early for me. Uh, it's been 12 years since I quit voting, and I don't think I'm going to vote in this election either. I just can't. I just can't. Um, my relationship with God means too much to me. You see, I only have enough energy to devote to one cause, and for me, that cause is Christ. Seeking to make disciples, or in other words, learning how to, to follow Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit and helping others to do the same. That's all I have energy for. But if you can proceed in a Christ-like manner and uh, showing love to your opponents, treating others the way that you want to be treated, talking about an issue without trying to slander the other side, then maybe keep going. As I said earlier, finding a cause is a very natural thing. It's hardwired in us to be part of something bigger than ourselves. But let's make sure that our cause is one that can really make a difference. The cause of Christ. Let me see your t-shirts for that. Let me read your Facebook rants about that. 
Let's see you hold up signs for that and march for that. If we're going to give energy to a cause, it should be the cause of Christ because it's the most important cause in the entire world. And I wonder what would happen if Christian activists everywhere would put as much time into their own discipleship as they do into their selected cause. 